Moikatan per Gimel Mishnah Dalad 3-4. Now the Mishnah continues to discuss writing on Cholamod, but unlike the previous Mishnah, we'll focus on things that one may not write, at least according to some of the Tanaim here. The first is Ein Kosvin Shtari Chov Bamoed. You can't write down like an IOU on Cholamod, meaning if Reuven wants to borrow money from Shimon, Shimon can give him the money, and then Reuven will go back to Shimon after after Yom Tov and write down the IOU, that star, Chov, the contract confirms indeed that the money was borrowed. Now the reason why one isn't to write it down in Cholamod is because it can be written after Cholamod. What's the big deal? You can wait till afterwards. Meaning, in contrast to the previous the previous Mishnah where we said things like the the Gitin and the Shtar Chalitza and Me'unam and so on, those we said can be written down in Cholamod. That's because we're afraid that the witnesses you know, won't be around later on and the, these, let's say these women, the examples I gave, won't have won't be able to, you know, have a star to prove that they are eligible to get remarried. But here, it can be arranged later on, um, and therefore it's not a problem. Now, um, you're about to ask, well, wait a second. Maybe the guy at the bar is a cheat, and he won't agree to come back later on. So the Mishnah anticipates that, and it says, Im eno ma, eno If the lender doesn't trust the borrower to come back later on and do it after Yom Tov write a star chov, I'll skip some words of the Mishnah. So then he may write it. He, he the sofer, may write down the Shtar Chov now, get a sofer to write it on Cholamod, even in a normal way, uh, because at that point it becomes a Dovra Avid. It'll be an irretrievable loss, because if I lend you money now and I can't get a contract later on, I'll never be able to reclaim my money from you. So that's that would be the din. Both those are the din. You shouldn't write it down unless you don't trust, in which case you can write it down. Now I skipped some words, and the reason why is because I'll read it again now. If you don't have... The Torah Shabbat Pad explanation of what the Mishnah is saying, you'll totally misunderstand it. Here the Mishnah reads again. In Kosvin Chov Bamoed, you may not write down a IOU on Cholamoed, Vim Enoma Mino, but if the lender doesn't trust the borrower, oh, or Sheinoma Yochal, or if he doesn't have what to eat, then Hareza Yichtov, then he may write it right there, Starchov. So you would probably think. The person who has not what to eat is the borrower, but that's definitely not true. First of all, that can't be the pshat, because why would it make a difference to writing or not writing on the star? Um, therefore, what's going on here in this Mishnah, on that part, is if the sofer, the scribe, hasn't got money to buy food for Cholomoed, so we said that one of the five categories of things that you're permitted to do that permit malacha on Cholomoed is the worker who hasn't got food to purchase what he needs for needs for for Cholamoid, for Yom Tov. So the case is something like this. The story is, you know, that this poor sofer had nothing to eat. He put up signs around the shul that said, if you need if you need something written on Cholamoid, come to me because I haven't got what to eat and it's mutter for me. And then that sign was up. So when Reuben and Shimon got together and Reuben wanted to borrow money from Shimon, so then, although normally it could be done without a star chov, you know, Shimon, the mitzvah doer, said, I'll kill two birds with one stone and I'll lend money, which is the mitzvah, and I'll also give the stove for a parnasa. He needs the money for cholamoid, so I'll hire him as well. That's the case of the Mishnah. Okay, and that would be lahalacha. Both those are lahalacha. Next, the Mishnah says, in kosvin svarim, you can't write sifrei Torah, tefillin, or tefillin, umazuzas, or mezuzah b'moed, on cholamoid. The reason why is because you don't need them for cholamoid. And it's a, it's a, even though it's a tzorach for a mitzvah, it's to have, you know, for your sofa or even for yourself. It's a mitzvah, but since it's, you don't need it now, so then you can't do it on Cholomoed. Obviously, if you do need it now, hypothetically, you 
there's no other mezuzahs in town, your mezuzah fell off the wall, and now you don't have a mezuzah, so of course then you could write it if you had to. But the mission is not anticipating something as weird as that. It's saying writing an additional mezuzah and so on, whether for yourself or for sale. In both cases, Tanakama here says you can't do it. Similarly, the Ein Magian Os Achas, you can't correct Sefer Torah. Magia is like to compare one Sefer Torah against like an approved definitive text, like a codex. So you can't do that. Again, it's laborious, it's demanding and unnecessary, and therefore we don't do it on Cholomoed, it's Tircha, it's an effort. Afilu B'Sefer Azara. Even if you're talking about, and actually there are three different Gersos flowing around, one is Sefer Azara, one is Sefer Ha'Azara, and one is Sefer Ezra. The gist is all the same. The gist is that doesn't matter how important the Sefer Torah you're talking about is, you don't need it on Moed, so don't start correcting it in Cholomoed. Um, the actual shot is either a Sefer Azara or Ha'Azara. That's the Sefer Torah in the temple courtyard. There was a Sefer Torah in a shul kept on the Harabayas that the Kongado read from in Yom Kippur. It's actually referred to in the beginning of the seventh parak of Masechus Yoma. And that was important, but certainly not needed now because we're in Cholomoed. Let's say it's at the middle of, whether it's Sukkot or, or Pesach, it's certainly not Yom Kippur, and if we don't need that Sefer Torah now, so you can't correct it. Sefer Ezra, um, if that's the Girsa, is referring to the Sefer Torah that Ezra Hasofer wrote, the Ezra Hasofer, when he came back um, to Eretz Yisrael from, from uh, he came from Bavel. So he, really from Pras, from Persia, the truth is, he came from, from, from Persia. So he reset things up for Klai Yisrael in Yerushalayim, and he wrote a definitive Sefer Torah. They didn't call him Ezra HaSofer for nothing, as described. And that was like the definitive Sefer Torah from which they corrected subsequent Sefer Torah. Just as a total aside, um, the definitive text that was used in, in the Middle Ages was called the Aleppo Codex. The Rambam himself used that particular book called the Aleppo Codex. It was in Aleppo. Aleppo is in modern-day Syria. And that Aleppo Codex is still around. I've seen it with my own eyes in the Israel Museum in Yerushalayim, you can go see it too, the very book that the Ramam used to correct and define what the proper Nusach is, the gear says, for the text for the Sefer Torah. So something comparable to that. Okay, now, that was a Tanakhama, but Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Kosev Adam Tefillin and Mezuzah Slaatzmo. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees, he's leaning, he says, listen, if you're writing a Sefer Torah, excuse me, a Mezuzah or a Tefillin for yourself on Cholomoed, it's permitted, not for sale. Um, because that would be work at Cholomod, but for your own personal use, for Tzorach of a mitzvah, you're allowed to do Melech and if you want to, says he. It's notable that he doesn't mention the Sefer Torah. He just says Tefillin and Mezuzahs. Not perfectly clear why. Perhaps the Sefer Torah can't write a Cholomod anyways. It's too big. Whatever the case is, Rabbi Yehuda is mekel and says, if you want it and need it for yourself in a Cholomod, you're allowed to do it. On the side point here, there's there's a big machlokus whether one is to wear to fill in on Cholomod. And that, of course, would change the shot here, whether it's something he needs in Cholomod or something he wants to have anyways, because if there's no, if you don't wear to fill in on Cholomod, then it's certainly not a use in Cholomod. Um, just a moment on that. So, the basic issue revolves around this idea of, of this is the idea, that Tefillin are called an os, a sign, as is Shabbos, as is bris milah. So a Jew has to have two of those at all times. So normally during the week, we have our Tefillin, and we have our bris milah. And on Shabbos Yom if we don't wear Tefillin, we have the os of Shabbos Yom Tov instead. Now the question you have to ask is, well, what's the nature of that os, that sign on Shabbos and Yom Tov? Like what, how is that screaming, this, you know, that there's an os as a special relationship between Jews and Klai, and Klai Yisrael and Hashem? So... Either it's because of the lack of malacha, no one's doing malacha, so it's like you're in Shabbos mode or Yom Tov mode, and that's a clear sign that everything's different. If that would be the pshat, 
it wouldn't apply in Cholom because in Cholom we do do Malacha to a great degree. Um, others are no, like the Graf, for example, says like the fact that on Cholom you have you're Sukkah, Sukkah you have a Sukkah, you have Arbaminim, on Pesach you have Matzah, so that whole gestalt of living in the in the Yom Tov is enough to be an Os, and therefore that would be sufficient to not need to wear tefillin. The Mechaber and the Shulchan Aruch Paskins that, and this is how the Sephardim go, that we do not wear tefillin on Cholom the Ramah says, yes, we do wear tefillin, and therefore many Ashkenazim do wear tefillin on Cholom um, The Gra said no. He went that not. And therefore, in Eretz Yisrael, the overwhelming and maybe exclusive minig in Eretz Yisrael nowadays, uh, in the 21st century, is that people do not wear tefillin on Cholom even Ashkenazim. In America, it's divided. Okay, putting that aside, back over here. The Mishnah finishes by saying, V'tova al yerecho techeles tzitzis. Says Rabbi Yehuda, one may also spin the threads from the fibers of, from the wool fibers that are taken from a sheep. You can be tova, you can spin it into threads, al yerecho, on your lap, to make the techeles, the, the blue threads, whether they're blue, really true, this is the halach will be or white the same, for your tzitzis. The idea being here, you're spinning threads, Tavia tova is a malacha, one of the third nine malachas, and you're doing it for the sake of a mitzvah, of having tzitzis. And Rabbi Yehuda's shita is, for tzorach of a mitzvah, one is permitted to do malacha on chol And that's what he's doing over here. However, Rabbi Yehuda's saying, to do it al yerecha, to do it on your lap. And the reason why he's saying that is because the normal way of making, of doing tavia, of, of spinning thread, is using a spindle. It's a weight that spins, and you kind of feed the fibers into this spinning thread, and it becomes an extended thread. You have to see it. You have to see it to know what I mean if you haven't seen it before. In any case, his point is that by doing it on your lap, you're doing it with a shinui in an unusual way, not a normal way of doing it, a less efficient way. And his point is that while it's permitted to do a malacha on cholamod for the sake of a mitzvah, one has to do it with the shinui in an unusual way, which will allow a person to be mindful of the fact that while it's permitted to do tevia, twining and spinning for a mitzvah, it's normally not permitted. If you wanted to do tevia to make yourself a blanket, that would be forbidden. Therefore, he says, do it if you want to, it's mutter, but do it with a shinoi. The halacha is even more lenient than Rabbi Yehuda, that one may um, write tefillin or mezuzah if he needs them, um, no shinoi required, and similarly, one may spin threads to make his trellis or sitzis, um, on cholmod, and no shinny required. You could even use a spindle, etc. Um, that's the halacha.